the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, we've got a great show, a great show today. Uh, two really important topics. Uh, one, we'll talk with John Schlafly about his column. Uh, he and Andy Schlafly, their weekly column is on marijuana and the weed, the cannabis industry, and what they're doing across the country in local states. The impact, the the, the negative impact of the modern cannabis movement, um, the, the cost, as well as the politics of it. So we'll talk with John Schlafly in a minute. It's a good column. Uh, I'll put it up on social media. Then we'll talk with uh, Reverend Jim Harden. Reverend Harden is the head of Comp- Compass Care. CompassCare.info is his website. Pregnancy Resource Center, Pregnancy Services Center, helping people in need. He's a pro-life guy, but he's got a story to tell. I can't wait to talk to him about it. This is, fits right into what my um, what my wink is today, and that is the system is rigged. Jim Harden, uh, he's a pastor. He's an ethicist. He runs a pregnancy resource center. In other words, he's a do-gooder. And what has he got? He's got a fire, uh, I think an arson fire, I'll ask him, up in upstate New York where they're, where they're based and um, nobody's figured it out. But if you spray paint something on an abortion clinic, oh, man, it'll be uh, you've got uh, Joe Biden will come there and tell everyone's a fascist if they don't uh, figure it out. So we'll talk with Jim Harden about that situation. I'm very interested to uh, get to know him and, and we'll talk to him uh, on the air in just a few minutes. All right. But first, uh, what we have to talk about is the system, the system uh, being rigged. And these the, the the conversation with especially Jim Harden will will illustrate that. But. Uh, for, I have often told you, and what you need to know today is to revisit this. I've often told you about Eric Hoffer. Eric Hoffer was a self-taught um, working man. He never went to college past a year of college, maybe, and was a self-taught guy, an autodidact is what they say when you learn those big words. He taught himself. He became a stevedore a stevedore. He became a longshoreman. He worked on the docks in San Francisco and he had a very unconventional life. This is Eric Hoffer. He died in the early 1980s. His life was unconventional. His, uh, he, I think he was married briefly and he just didn't sound like a happy guy, but he wrote a series of essays and ultimately a couple of books. One of them called True Believers, Reflections on Mass Movements. And, uh, and what we have when we think about, um, this man, uh, Eric Hoffer is a guy that had a lot of what I'd say is, you know, sort of acquired wisdom. He was well-read. Um, I joke with someone, I, I think he might've had a son, but he didn't stay, um, uh, married long enough to play a role of a father. So as I joked, you know, if, if our listeners that have children, your life gets so busy with your kids, you know, you can't have deep thoughts. I mean, uh, deep thoughts are suspended till your kids maybe leave. If, if you're not too tired by then, Eric Hoffer didn't have that problem. So he kind of wrote about, what was going on in America starting in the 1920s and 30s, and he was writing in the 40s, looking back 
at World War II, so the late 40s, saying, hey, why did people in Germany, why did people in Italy, the, the citizens, you know, go for these uh, terrible uh, dictators and, the, and these movements? Anyway, Hoffer came to describe what he called the true believers and, and mass movements, and he talked about how when the people in a community come to believe that the, 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 the sort of um, things that they valued are no longer true, then they're ready for a mass movement. Let me see if I can say that cleaner. It, it, what Hoffer describes is the fact that when people look up and the values or the, the truth that they held dear appears to be untrue now, and it appears to be broken, then they're susceptible to mass movements, and they often take a bad solution to a mass movement and to the moment they're in, to the broken truth, instead of a good one. And so he kind of looks back, and he's kind of looking at, especially at Germany, and he says, the German people you know, thought that their exceptionalism and their success was ongoing. And then World War I happens and the, the truce that was signed was so bad for them and it was so exploitative and they, they were so unhappy as a people and they thought that their system was broken, that they could, you know, succeed. And so here comes Hitler and they fall, they fall for that. It's a, I'm describing his um, work poorly. But I will say that a lot of people in America have come to believe that the system of justice and of uh, Americans living and working together, that the system has broken and that what used to be true, that it was a fair system that accessible to everyone is now broken. Now, pausing and letting the left come rushing in and saying, ah, you think it was a fair system when there was slavery? No, I'm saying that in the last 50 years since World War II, let's say, the American people saw that the American dream was possible. And over the years, 50s, 60s, 70s, we had laws passed. We got all those racist Democrats out of the way in the 1960s and passed laws that allowed everybody to succeed. And the system was working pretty well in America from 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s into 2000s. And in the period of the early 2000s, people looked up and they suddenly started to say, the system looks rigged. The people in charge it's a kind of mono party that makes war and makes money and increases their power. And then when the crash in 2008 happened, who got bailed out? All the big business, all of Wall Street, all the banks, and the people lost their homes and lost their jobs and lost, went to jail. You know, the Angelo Mozilla, is that his name? One of the big uh, mortgage guys, he went off to the Bahamas with his $50 million. When 50 or 60 or 100, I don't know, thousands, no, it wasn't thousands. It was hundreds of his staff, countrywide mortgage. They went to jail. He went to the Bahamas. They went to jail. So people started to believe the system was rigged, is, is rigged down to today. And as they look up, one of the things, the tricks that somebody like Biden is doing is demonizing people who think the system is broken and it makes people think the system's more broken. In other words, part of the left's seems to be their goal is to diminish institutions that we need to rely on. I, I have never thought that America was perfect. It's just better than everywhere else in the world. And at its heart, at the heart of the American experience has been a set of beliefs that make our constitution and rule of law work well. And you didn't have to be Judeo-Christian to think that our system, the constitution and rule of law worked well, but that was the undergirding set of beliefs that did it. Honor in a contract, uh, accountability in a crime, et cetera, et cetera. Well, watching the system, whether it's um, uh, the, the bailouts in 2008 
or the the propaganda about the war in Ukraine that there's only corruption on one side. It's Russia. And Ukraine is perfect. These are these are altar boys. When we all know from the Pentagon Papers and everywhere else that the there's plenty of oligarchs in Ukraine. Again, I'm not defending oligarchs. I'm not defending Russians. I'm not defending Ukrainians. I'm saying that the media and big tech and big government have been shoving down our throats narratives, whether COVID, election 2020, whatever it is. And the real danger is the we, the people, want our institutions to stay and to function. We believe in American exceptionalism. We want it to be like it was. We don't want to lose it. And it feels like the left doesn't mind. They'll lose it all because they don't really love it all. They'll lose it all. They'll lose the institutions, the rule of law. They'll let the, cl- the clarity of a rigged system be shown to the world and especially to the citizens because they don't really care. They don't love it. That's the danger. So study your Hoffer, understand what moment we're in, and see what's happening because we have choices on how we not only describe what we're seeing but live with it. There's no civil war. The civil war in this country is between we, the people, the citizens of this country that love it, and the big media, big tech, and big government that are trying to drive us crazy, and they're doing a good job. All right, that's what you need to know. We'll come back and talk with John Schlafly about the power of money and pot and weed in America, as well as uh, Jim Harden, Reverend Jim Harden of CompassCare.info, a pregnancy resource center. He's an interesting guy. Take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And uh, John Schlafly is with us. Of course, his weekly column, the Phyllis Schlafly Report, runs over at townhall.com, our sister site, and also is archived at phyllisschlafly.com. Uh, scores and scores of columns that he and his brother Andy have continued the tradition of uh, Phyllis Schlafly writing a weekly column. This week's column, Big Weed Stealing Our Water and Our Health. Uh, so welcome, John. I have to say, I don't think it's true because I, I keep a watch on you and her uh, but my wife has been railing against the um cannabis weed movement and what it's done of course you know she's a doctor and so she's she's seen a bunch of studies and she's watching she's saying you know no one is really uh tracking this as the craziest thing everywhere you go now somebody has gone from medicinal marijuana to um you know recreational marijuana it's all legal so i don't think you and her are colluding at this point which is a blessing but your column big weed uh, 33 billion dollars industry i don't think i realized that that big uh but you know john what's a big deal i mean people abuse alcohol why can't they abuse uh marijuana well the difference is that the the harm of marijuana is not really filtered down especially among young people uh does not receive the attention that it deserves and it and uh plus the fact that the legalization movement is proceeding and has wide-ranging consequences and um they were never able to lift the uh, that is the pro pot moves never able to lift the federal ban right but it's going state by state and um by often by referendums Mm -hmm. in states and we've got you know 
so-called recreational pot on the ballot in about six states this fall. And whenever it's on the ballot in a state that has an impact or fallout on other political races in that state. So it's something, uh, it's, it's, it's a real concern. And the, you know, the, uh, the harm of marijuana, which of course is far more potent today than it was uh, during the youth of people my age and your age, Ed, and, and uh, you know, adults don't realize just how more dangerous it is now than it used to be. Uh, hey, we're talking with John Schlafly. Uh, John, um, you know, that's one of the realities. And I don't think it's talked about enough that the abuse of the initiative and referendum uh, uh, process, the, the whole thing was created, this so-called direct democracy where people would vote on this or maybe not created, popularized about 120 years ago in the progressive movement. They did lots of other things, including things like uh, the income tax creation and all. But, you know, this idea that you're going to have, you know, tens of millions of dollars in Michigan, we thought we, you and I have talked about it uh, before that the Planned Parenthood said they spent up to $40 million to try to push a, a, uh, an, a statewide um, initiative. And it just confuses voters. I mean, it, it doesn't get informed. It's at least one thing when you vote for Joe or, or for Donald or for so-and-so or so-and-so, you're voting for someone, you sort of can then hold that person accountable. What we see is, and that this goes back to money in politics, tens of millions of dollars distracting people and saying, well, you know, medical marijuana in my head, and I'm pretty informed, I think of medical marijuana as the person with cancer, bone cancer, can't can't deal with the pain. This is one way to deal with it. That That's not that's just propaganda. When, as you point out, the cannabis now is so potent, so, quote unquote, well designed, it's got a much bigger impact. So what's the solution, John? It's it's pretty hard to beat these uh, voter uh, initiatives in states, right? They are able to get them, you know, sort of brainwashed. Well, of course, the medical marijuana was a foot in the door to full legalization. Right. And, uh, you know, the Democratic Party is committed to full nationwide legalization, including uh, passing laws at the federal level. They've not been able to achieve that, fortunately, despite their control of the Congress. Hmm. And uh, but, uh, you know, this the idea of a ballot, for instance, the the ballot is. Uh, question that's going to be on the Missouri ballot, apparently, right, unless right. a judge rules it off. There is a, you know, is 38 pages of fine print. Now, no voter can cope with reading 38 pages of fine print and try to assess the pros and cons of a question like that. That's this is why we have representative democracy to deal with something like that. Uh but um, well, that, and that's my point. That's a perfect example, John. And, and let's go. Let's do the old my one of my favorite filters. Follow the money. If you look at why it's put on the ballot that way, it's it's put on the ballot that way in Missouri. And I know that's the best, of course, it, because the, the because the elected officials don't want to have to vote for pot because they know enough people don't want it. If you say, do you want to legalize marijuana in your community and watch your kids and everybody else impacted? They don't want to have to vote. No. So they all collude and say, let's either put it on the ballot or let's get these outside interest and and here's the trick in i think in missouri and a lot of other states who gets to have a cannabis 
uh, sales unit, a license to sell is controlled by the state. And suddenly you have lots more power and lots more money. And people are, again, I, I was approached once by a, a, actually a mutual friend of yours and mine. I could tell you off the air. And he said, Hey, your wife's a doctor. Why don't you become one of the dispensaries? Uh, you know, you can apply. They, they like having doctors involved and, you know, it's very lucrative. And I said, cause I don't want to sell marijuana in Missouri. Uh, so it's the money, John. There's huge amounts of money. Now in this column, you guys talk about i hadn't followed this before you did it that um it's also environmentally pretty terrible cannabis now i imagine they're going to solve that somehow i don't know how they will but but in here it takes a lot more water to grow uh cannabis it's a lot more difficult uh, on the environment I, I guess that doesn't matter though in terms of it's not green doesn't matter when it comes to this well that's right and it's uh, it's important to bear in mind also and when the legalization movement started 30, 40 years ago, the biggest argument was that, you know, we need to bring marijuana out of the shadows. We want to take it away from the drug cartels and from the illegal pushers. And so it would be legal, taxed and regulated. That was the selling point. Right. Uh, well, guess what? You know, it's been legalized. Uh, to one degree or another in half the states. And guess what? The, you know, the illegal marijuana never went away. There's still more marijuana cultivated illegally and sold illegally in California, Colorado, and so on, than is sold in legal shops. And um, so that was all a fraud, a fraudulent argument. And there's no sign that that situation is ever going to change. Now, of course, and that means that the people who invested in a legal shop, Ed, they're losing their shirts because hmm. the legal shops cannot compete with the illegal uh, uh, pushers who are controlled by the Mexican cartels. And the Mexican cartels are often continuing to cultivate marijuana on illegal groves or farms inside the United States in our national parks. And, uh, they are, as you mentioned, uh, consuming a great deal of water illegally by drawing water out of the ground and elsewhere that really is to being taken away from legal crops. So there are so many things wrong with this picture. Uh, we're talking again with John Schlafly, the, uh, the Schlafly report that uh, runs over at townhall.com. And John and Andy's column uh, also is archived at phyllisschlafly.com. Uh, John, I, I know I'm jumping around a little bit. Um, uh, I got, I've got, you know, kind of attention deficit disorder. If I had some weed, I'd be mellowed out and be fine. But anyway, um, but John, uh, back up here for a second to the potency of the marijuana and the fact that it, it is much more potent. And there is no doubt. I mean, I guess, again, I guess someone who says, oh, mar uh, alcohol is abuse, uh, abused by people and really, you know, can be terribly so. But there is no doubt that there's a growing body of literature that says that psychosis is at least accompanying heavy uh, 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 marijuana use. I'm not sure it's causation yet, but it's accompanying and it, it certainly doesn't help. And more and more uh, of the worst actors in the community, people that do things terrible and really bad stuff, you know, uh, 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 mass shootings and all, one common denominator is lots of marijuana use. It's not every time. It's not, uh, it's not one type or something, but there's something there, isn't there? Yes, there certainly is something there. And a review study was just published in uh, probably the, what's probably the world's most prestigious medical journal, The Lancet, that is a uh, reports on that. 
and but the legalization movement is charging ahead full speed without regard to those harmful consequences. Yeah, and I guess, you know, again, when it's the money, uh, big money, and uh, and as you say, big money and big politics. So you got big money behind one thing and big uh, turnout on the other side. You know, again, you, you can you don't have to be uh, naive to say when back when Karl Rove described putting on the ballot in 30 plus states, uh, a, a 2004, a vote, uh, you know, an initiative on marriage uh, between a man and a woman. It was in part to keep the you know conservatives turning out. So it's done on all sides. But at this point, it's it's um, it's done and in, in with with pretty, pretty effectively to get these uh, through. And then we have more and more places, as you say, where it's uh, where it's legalized. All right. John Schlafly, everybody at, over at townhall.com, as well as a Phyllis where all of his uh, columns are archived. Uh, John and Andy Schlafly, this week's column, Big Weed, Stealing Our Water and Our Health. Uh, you should check it out. Thanks, John. All right, everybody, we will take a break and uh, we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget to go to ProAmericaReport.com and check out all these interviews and uh, also sign up for the daily email there. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our listeners will know how often I uh, come around and end up wanting to talk about medical ethics and uh, applied ethics in healthcare and how it impacts uh, so many people, uh, the systems. I actually did a, a segment, I think it was uh, Thursday night, it aired on The War Room with Steve Bannon. And I'll be darned if I was getting ready to go on to the, to the segment and I was listening to a couple of doctors talking beforehand. And we ended up, Steve and I, talking about um, medical ethics for about five minutes of of what was my 15 minute interview on other stuff. So uh, a lot of people are wondering when you have a government um, that is telling you that you and some of your positions are a clear and present danger to uh, democracy. What happens when you try to say, I don't want to participate in something. I don't, I, I think I, I'm not, I, I shouldn't have to be um, uh, condemned to participate in something that goes against my conscience is a big question, but there's a lot of things wrapped around. Our next guest is uh, Jim Harden. He has been a pastor uh, in his long career. He's also the uh, head of Compassion Care Pregnancy Services uh, and up in New York State and has played a role uh, in medical ethics is one of the reasons I'm mentioning it because he and I were talking offline. Uh, And I I asked him on now because um, the his organization and some of his uh, institutions have been targeted uh, by people. um, And then I, uh, how to say it, it feels like the old double standard. If you, if you run an abortion clinic and someone puts a, uh, a spray paint something on the side, you're probably going to find that person in 10 minutes. Uh, the FBI will or, or the local law enforcement will. But if you're compassion care and pregnancy services, you might have, you know, uh, bombings, near bombings and threats and there's less coverage. The double standard is stunning. But anyway, first, let me re- welcome uh, Rever- Reverend Jim Harden. How are you, sir? Great, Ed. Thanks for having me on. It's, it's, it's an honor to be here. Well, so first, How's the world changed, Jim, in the, I don't know, 25 years that you've done this? You've been conservative or on this issue, been pro-life. It feels different today, doesn't it, than the past? 
it's a very different day. A chapter has turned in American history. And one might say this is the most important cultural moment in 150 years. Uh, but yes, we, we have a double standard, as you described it, and we are uh, experiencing uh, the blows of that. Uh, there's a, a justice system has broken down and uh, they're only essentially protecting the political elite who, who happen to have uh, ideological uh, concepts that that uh, essentially run counter to human civilization. It's so and a practical down to the grassroots, the, the, the brass tacks. I'm sorry, I'm mis- mixing my metaphors down to, you know, you you have an, uh, one of your compassion care pregnancy centers. I think it's Buffalo. Um, yep. and, and that was uh, there was a arson or a suspected arson. And yet here we are. Let's see, two uh, June, July, August, so three months later. And, and again, it's one thing to say, hey, it looks like the system is rigged in favor. That's how it feels to a lot of us. But it's another thing to say, here's specific facts that yep. aren't addressed. Tell me that. Walk me through that and what you're seeing and, and, and experiencing. Yeah. So on, uh, I'm going to just back up. So yeah, please. A, crying wave, a crying wave was sparked with the, with the leak of the Dobbs case uh, overturning Roe versus Wade. Yep. Um, and it was a crime wave that the, of uh, t- targeting specifically pro-life organizations. Jane's Revenge came out uh, taking responsibility for a firebombing of a Madison, Wisconsin pro-life organization in May. And they said, you got 30 days, pregnancy centers, 30 days to shut down or else more of this is going to happen all across the country. And uh, 30 days later, we were firebombed in Buffalo. Brutal attack, multiple perpetrators, Molotov cocktails, uh, we, we caught it all on video and uh, uh, five, was half a million dollars worth of damage. And the signature kind of graffiti scrawl on the side of the building said, Jane was here. A couple of days later, Jane's Revenge took responsibility for it. And they said, next time, if you don't shut down on their ultimatum, it's not going to be so easily cleaned up as fire and graffiti. Death threats continued. And uh, then six days after that, New York Attorney General, I'm sorry, New York Governor, the Attorney General did something different. New York Governor Hochul uh, signed a bill to investigate not the arsonists, but the victims, pro-life pregnancy centers. And while she was at the press conference signing the bill, she called us Neanderthals. Uh, wow. Then New York State Attorney General comes out, Letitia James, she, she signs an open letter to Google demanding that they wipe us off the maps, which they have, by the way, just recently, a couple of days ago. Um, so, you know, there have been no arrests uh, over 50 attacks on pro-life pregnancy centers alone, say nothing of other pro-life organizations, 50 attacks, no arrests anywhere in the country. But so, so it's possible. Is it possible that the FBI and other federal agencies like the ATF are just, you know, incompetent and they just can't find people who have masks on? Um, well, possibly, but you have to take a look at what happened with uh, an abortion business, Planned Parenthood in Kalamazoo on July 31st. Well, somebody tried to light a fire at this Planned Parenthood on a Sunday uh, and a joint federal task force of law enforcement gets together within hours and finds a chart. The chart remains of a, of a, of a log, uh, figures out where it came from, who bought it, where, and, and then within, within four days, they have the guy arrested. Now he's facing 20 years in jail. Uh, so, okay, do the math. And we, you, you look at Mar-a-Lago, and you look at what the FBI did there. It tells me, whatever happened there, it tells me that the FBI does what they're told. It took the FBI five whole weeks just to review our video surveillance. 
Um, we're talking with Jim Harden, and and he is over at Compassion Care, CompassionCare.info. Uh, if you look at it, it's very. I like the website, by the way. I don't like every website. I like yours, especially okay. the opening image uh, and that, turn your fear into confidence. Compassion Care is your best first step for unplanned pregnancy and sexual health needs. We inform, you decide. Um, so, so Jim, um, I want two lines of questions. One. When you have people threaten your um, centers, when you have workers and volunteers, I, I know we're all conditioned to say we believe and we say our prayers and we do it, but it, it has an effect. I mean, you know, I, I, I now that I'm a father and I've got these children and I think of my wife and my kids, I, I, I don't know. You know, I wouldn't put them in harm's way in any way, even if I said, oh, yeah, you know, we're we're really principled. So the impact of a firebombing, I mean, and, and no resolution. I mean, it's not just that you're mad. It's not just that the system's broken. It's that your people feel less safe. They feel less respected. You can say, we love you and all, and we go read our Bible and we can realize that we're going to be persecuted, but there's a practical part of it that has a real effect. Yes, it does. That's, that's so true, Ed. I, I, um, we are being treated like second-class citizens, right. but it's for, it's for a cause. And, yep. and, and and we believe we believe that God is our protector and our provider. But belief translated into real life threats where my family, for example, was doxxed. They, they, they try to figure out where we lived. They, people were driving by taking pictures and videos of our house. Security guys were telling us, you got to get out of here till things cool down. Um, you know, you couple that with death threats and the not so veiled murder threats of Jane's revenge and no arrests. Um, that's a significant problem. And it, it, it creates tremendous anxiety. We did have to relocate my family, my children, my wife, um, for a significant period of time. Um, and, you know, the, the, the staff here at Compass Care are resilient, no matter. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. Very significant fighting spirit. Nobody resigned. Nobody. We didn't have a single nurse uh, miss their shift. Um, we were up and running in an alternate location, despite the fact that our facility was totally firebombed out. We had to have armed guards. Our, our nurses had to walk past armed guards every day to go to their shift. Uh, it, yeah, it changes things. It changes the way you think about the world. Uh, you're no longer uh, a safe place where, where 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 you're free to have your own beliefs. You really have to you really have to pay uh, to believe uh, in, in in Christian principles. And we believe that all people are made in the image of God and deserving of blessing and protection from the womb to the tomb without partiality. And it's the government's job. The justice system's job to protect all people equally, not just the people that agree with them. Uh, and and uh, yeah, it's it's it is it has been trying. It, there is a lot of anxiety. Um, I know that there's that, that six. I don't know. Two months ago, I didn't know some of the security things that uh, even existed. We ha- we now have in place at Compass mm-hmm. Care to keep our staff and sta- uh, patients safe. Um, Jim, I'm sorry about that. And I'm sorry, um, you know, again, you, you sort of bought into it, you know, you're, you're a leader and you're the CEO and, you know, God willing, you're, you're compensated to do it all. But all these other folks, as you mentioned that, you know, the, the nurses working and the volunteers and all it's a, it is a cost. It's, and it's one of the tricks of, of not only the left, but the devil to raise the cost of doing the right things so that you decide not so much to do the wrong things, just to just hold back on that. But my, my second, uh, line of questioning, uh, we're talking with Jim Harden again, if you go to, uh, compasscare.info on the internet, you'll see uh, the organization that he heads up um, is uh, when you start to think to yourself, um, it is a not just a two tiered system of justice. It's a system that is rigged against you and your values. 
and you start and, and yet you're in a you're in an area of of the of the of the the fight that there's a lot of law to it right that you know we we have always counted on the fact that you could under the constitution you could say here's who I am I want this protection under under state and local laws you know here's the here's the way we understand how getting along together requires that you respect parents parental rights for example right I, all these yeah. things um the, the the tension that worries me again is not you as a leader but the the, the people start to say the system's rigged therefore I, this is not a good system and to me they're different things if you have a runaway judge that doesn't listen to the constitution it's not the constitution's fault it's the runaway judge but i i fear uh, uh, that more and more people are feeling so, that the system's so rigged that the system doesn't work and won't work and therefore they're checking out a bit well <clears throat> it's funny you should say that because i just got out of a meeting with uh, uh some attorneys uh, and they were bemoaning that very thing. The system is rigged. The system is broken. <clears throat> uh, but they coupled it, interestingly enough, with a counterintuitive hopefulness, which was, hey, uh, the Bible said this was going to happen. Jesus said this was going to happen. Uh, people are, he, he even said in the Beatitudes that people are going to say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. But rejoice and be glad, for your reward is is great in heaven. And uh, and Paul talks about how how things are going to start are going to proceed from bad to worse. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> that doesn't mean we should step away. It means that we should step in. It means that uh, well, in a colloquial phrase, you know, militaristic phrase, somebody once told me, "Hey, you don't get you don't catch the flak unless you're flying over the target." Sure. Um, look, Satan is noticing that for the first time, probably ever. Pro-life people have an opportunity to compete head-on with a billion-dollar abortion complex. Mm -hmm. uh, the the abortion industry changed overnight on June 24th with the with the release of the Dobbs case, and it was it'd be similar to what the you know the government would. I mean, what if the government went to the Ford Motor Company and said, "Hey, you can no longer have dealerships in 26 states." I mean, that, that would be an existential threat to their business model. Right, but right. They'd have to go to a hub-and-spoke plan, similar to what the abortion industry is doing. And the pro-abortion uh, kind of politicians that are tools of the abortion industry are doing everything in their power, giving them money, uh, you know, vil vilifying pregnancy centers, their only competition, um, you know, doing all sorts of things uh, to, to uh, well, protect their industry. And uh, well, we, we've we've got to just keep moving forward. We've got to we've got to maintain hope. We don't. We if we leave New York State, for example, if Christians who are pro life decide to you know pull the ten pegs and move to South Carolina, what's going to happen? It's just going to find them in North in South Carolina, or North Carolina, or wherever they move. We've got to fight uh, where where God has planted us, and then fight the evil wherever it crops up. And so we've got to be faithful to the Lord. I was reading Revelation this morning. One of the key attributes to to uh, to people who, who God blesses and, and gives them eternal life are faithfulness, endurance, perseverance, and courage, by the way. And it takes a lot of courage. Why, why courage? Why perseverance? Because we're going to need it. Um, we're talking, we're, 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 uh, Jim, I, 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 I mean, I think I mean, I'm encouraged because a lot of times somebody who's say running a pregnancy services and a great organization is, is knee deep in the, in the fight, right? The weeds. And I think your, your perspective, maybe it's your background and, uh, as a pastor and as a an ethicist, I know gives you that sense. Cause it's a broader fight, a broader argument that we have to win, even as we day to day, uh, go through the, the, the work and the, the, uh, the good work, uh, compassion, excuse me, compass care, uh, dot info compasscare.info to learn more uh jim thank you we'll have you back
back on again. I, it, the stories are so important about what's gone on and the difference in the treatment, not just to make people understand what's happening, but to, I think maybe motivate people to be encouraged uh, where you are, where one uh, people are listening. They feel like the system's a bit rigged. Well, it is other places and you got to keep fighting through it. So thanks, Jim. Thank you, Ed. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's uh, Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I'll put that up on social media, put a link to this nice interview with uh, Jim Harden. It's a good issue, an important issue. It's a good interview. We'll be right back. Ed Martin, Pro-America Report, back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Biden administration official Brian Deese publicly declared that the conflict in Ukraine is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. Deese really let the cat out of the bag with this one. Liberal world order is apparently what globalists meant all along when they spoke of a new world order and a new normal. Klaus Schwab, founder of the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, uses the Great Reset to refer to the globalist vision for the future. The elite met there again in May to reassert their control over politics worldwide. Expanding bloated NATO remains atop their agenda by adding Sweden and Finland to its membership. This begins a process by which the United States promises to send troops to those countries if they are ever attacked, further entangling our country in the intractable conflicts of Europe. Globalists insist on a system in which all the important decisions are made by phony experts who set up norms of conduct without input or rejection by the citizens of the individual nation states. The views of American voters are irrelevant under this scheme, as voters are then told that we are bound by treaties and must participate in foreign wars. That's what Deese was talking about when he referenced the liberal world order on behalf of the Biden administration. If you are a well-read American, you've probably heard what George Washington said in his farewell address about foreign entanglements. He unambiguously declared, It is our true policy to steer clear of permanent alliances with any portion of the foreign world. These were words that our nation lived by for generations. Strengthened by the incredible Monroe Doctrine, the United States avoided all permanent alliances from 1800 until 1949. What happened in 1949, you ask? That would be the formation of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, or NATO, which is at the very center of the conflict in Ukraine. Let this be a lesson to all of us. When you start thinking you're smarter than great men like George Washington, you'll always fail. Let's reject the liberal world order and get back to Washington's America First model for our foreign policy. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As leader of the free world, America has a responsibility to stay strong in economics, industry, morality, and military capability never hesitating to say America first. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll see why the best foreign policy begins with a strong America. Join the conversation at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We got to finish up today. I want to finish up by saying you got to confront the lies. You got to confront the lies. That's not even fair. You got to confront the truth. You got to say the truth. You got to get the truth. Sometimes they won't even specifically lie. But here's what you look closely and you'll find out. Here's the facts. 
that there are numbers released. For example, when we say that energy costs are way up in America as well as in Europe, they're going to freeze to death in Europe. And so there was released by the Wall Street Journal a few days, a few days ago. They did a, a study. They reviewed it. And they said that Biden has stopped uh, allowing the drilling on oil and gas, the oil and gas drilling on offshore and federal land more than any other administration that dating back to World War II, that they dropped the number of of uh, of um, of leases allowed in those places. The facts are these. This isn't good, what I'm about to say, but it's true. The regulatory framework in America that controls where you can drill for oil and gas is so stinking big. The EPA, as well as the permitting authorities, is so big. And our federal government has grown so much in what it owns that if the federal government says we're going to stop, we're going to slow your ability to, to drill for natural gas and for oil, then they got an ability to change the whole world economy. They have the ability to change the whole power balance in the world because suddenly the Saudis and the and and Qatar and uh, uh, the UAE as well as other Russians have more power than ever because they have oil and gas, and so. The simple fact is that we have been in a, put in a position, the facts from the, 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 the government's own mouth is that they have stopped allowing drilling and leasing of lands that would allow drilling and excavation and all to be able to get us out from under the cost of things. That's the facts. And, the, the, you know, my thing is you can still go green. You can still waste money on green stuff, windmills or solar, but use what we got. I mean, I'd even be willing to enforce the rules more strictly on, I don't know what, pollution or whatever, but just use the stuff we've got. Save the world. And Joe Biden won't. Crazy. Crazy. And that's the facts. My point is, that's the facts of the argument. Biden's policies, even more than Obama did, has been a change. Most since World War II. Not good for the world. Not good for us. Very dumb. All right, we got to go. We got to go. Let me say thank you to Noah Dingley, our great producer, does a great job, as well as uh, um, um, Joanna Spilger, who is our associate producer. And we will be back tomorrow. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Thanks for listening. Be back tomorrow. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>